Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,541. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to bring to you today a very special guest named Harry Clark. Harry is the founder of Classic Promenade, a collector car dealership in Phoenix, Arizona. He has been a significant collector of motor cars since he was just 15 years old. He has a special affinity to CCCA Classics and has collected and enjoyed marks including Packard, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, Bugatti, Pierce Arrow, and Cadillac, to name a few. He has served for two terms on the National Board of Directors of the Classic Car Club of America and the LeMay Museum, which is right down the road from my house. Harry is a CCCA Master Judge and has participated in a number of Concours events, including the prestigious Pebble Beach Concours, the Amelia Island Concours, and many others. Harry is presently Field Marshal of the La Jolla Concours, which has been rescheduled for this fall, and he is the best-selling author of Mistakes Millionaires Make. We'll be right back to talk with Harry, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah possible. We'll see you in just a minute. Do you know the best way to protect your special vehicle, both the inside and the outside, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, back when I was in high school. I've been around a long time. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking brand new. And they have manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design for a very long time. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom pattern vehicle covers, and they're crafted to fit tens of thousands of patterns, and that's growing. You can choose from a dozen fabric options and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. I protected my rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you know what? You should too. And I've got a deal for you. Right now, you can get 10% off your order using a special Cars Yeah code. The code is Yeah120. Use that code when you check out, and you get 10% off your order. What a deal. That's at Covercraft.com. Be sure to use the code Yeah120 at checkout for your 10% off. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARS. Yeah, that's right. 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? 
Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yow website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Harry, a welcome to Cars Yow, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. You bet. All right. We're going to have some fun here. But before we jump into the questions, I want you to give away a little secret here. Tell us one little thing that most people don't know about Harry Clark. Well, an obscure thing is in uh, college, I was a NCAA Division I heavyweight wrestler all the way through undergrad and grad school. Whoa, no kidding. So that's unusual. Yeah, that's super unusual. Now, now, why didn't you go on to be like one of the, what is it, the WWA where you're out oh, there yeah, throwing yeah, yeah, to no. you? <laughs> Maybe that's a little different kind of wrestling, yes, huh? exactly. It is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are there going to be some listeners out there that go, what? I didn't know that about Harry. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's the whole idea of that question. Well, let's jump in to a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your many successes. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning here on cars yeah so harry grab the wheel sure yeah um well one that i particularly uh, appreciate is that happiness is not a result of your circumstances but instead of your focus Mm. well how have you incorporated that into your life well it's been part of my life for a long time uh and it's uh you know we all we all experience very hard times uh, occasionally in our in our lives like right now <laughs> like right now yes and so I always try to find happiness in each and every day and throughout the day to you know celebrate the little successes and um, and and it can even be a sunset or or what have you You know, it's an important message for today, of course, with what we're going through with this virus and the devastation it's caused not only to lives, but to businesses and so forth. So you shed a bit of ray of sunshine and hope here, I think, for all of us. And it it is a bit of a cliche when you say, you know what, every day if you get up in the morning and think of a couple things you're grateful for, it's a good way to start the day. Is that a practice that you try to incorporate into your daily life? Absolutely. Yeah. And and truly throughout the day. It is true. I was talking with someone the other day that was pretty upset about what's happening right now. And I asked him, I said, take a moment and just tell me three things you're really grateful for today. It could be something like, I have toilet paper in my house. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and that broke the ice, made him laugh a little bit, just like it did yeah. you. But you're exactly right. My father used to have a great saying. He said, any day I wake up on the top side of the dirt is a good day. So right. yeah, it's, it. it's, all how you, it's all how you look at things every day. Well, I would love for you to uh, tell us a lot more about this business. So you've had numerous careers. You've done a lot of different things. You're so involved in the car industry. You and I have some ties that go to the beginning of the LeMay Museum here, of, cor- of course. But let's talk a little bit about Classic Promenade and the business you have there in beautiful, sunny Phoenix. I'm assuming today is a pretty nice, beautiful day. I think you guys have got temperatures something like the 80s right now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lows, you know, in the low 60s and and, uh, up to the low (laughs) 80s. It's spectacular. 
I just interviewed yesterday Marcus Angel, who has a uh, restoration shop where he works mostly on Mustang. So that's why I kind of know what your weather's like today. So tell us about Classic Promenade. Yeah, sure. We're um, in in Arizona. We're one of we're really the only kind of higher end collector car dealership. Mm-hmm. We sell about 20, 30 percent of our cars uh, internationally. Uh, and almost everything that we sell leaves Arizona. Uh, so we have a, we're very blessed to have clients all around the world. We really, we try to have a blend of different kinds of cars. Really, it's uh, cars that excite us. Mm-hmm. So we, we typically will have one or two customs, one or two exotics, uh, a handful of um, American and European uh, full classics, and then uh, American convertibles and and uh, and some sports cars. You know, again, our the types of cars are kind of the nicer, higher end, uh, generally collector cars of you know all different eras, uh, but cars that we get excited about. Absolutely. Sounds like cars I could be very excited about. I do a second podcast with Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine called Buy, Sell, Hold, and we interview people like you. In fact, we should get you on that show where you we talk about the market and so forth. Maybe not so much with what's happening with this virus because this is such an outlier, bizarre let me ask you this. With, when you look at the collector car market and how it was setting up for this year, let's say before all of this virus stuff struck us, how did you see or where did you see the collector car market going this year? Well, it's interesting. So the, the demographic that is our customer is pretty isolated or, or insulated, I should say, uh, from various economic or stock market turns. Mm-hmm. Generally, the demographic is 65 to 85 years old. They're either semi-retired or retired. They're generally not going to be heavily invested in the stock market. They probably sold their business or, or they're no longer active in their business. So that's kind of the demographic. Mm. And so since they're older and they have um, a substantial amount of resources, if they find a car that they've been looking for for a while, they're going to buy it. And it doesn't matter what the stock market's like. It doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, so for us, even even with this pandemic, we've been selling cars at pretty much a, a normal rate. So, well, that's good to hear. Well, you've got a perfect demographic for that market for sure, because uh, most everybody else on the other side is greatly affected by what's going on. And I think the I think the markets that that are much more uh, volatile would be the you know very very high end. You know, if you're if you're dealing with a, a five or fifteen or twenty million dollar Ferrari or or what have you, um, there could be you know huge swings of values when the economy flexes the way it is right now. But you know, as yeah, as we just discussed. Our segment is much more insulated from that. Well, good for you. I'm happy to hear that. That's awesome. It's a blessing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, talk about maybe a little bit more here, some challenges and things. I always ask my guests to talk about a significant challenge 
or failure that they faced in their life. And it's really not so much about drumming up the distance past that you don't want to drum up, but it's more about the lesson learned from that experience. So walk us through one of those experiences in detail, and then also tell us more importantly, what did you learn from that so you could take it forward in a positive way? Sure, sure. Um, well, so for me, there's there's a um, a failure that I had. Um, it was back in 2004, 2005. It was my second major business. The first one I I had sold successfully to a Fortune 100 company back in about 1996, mm-hmm. uh, when I was quite young. And so in 2005, um, I had this business that was five years old. We had literally from startup, we had gone from zero employees to 450 employees. Wow. And and $100 million in sales. Holy cow. $250 million in backlog. And I went to raise some some uh, private equity funds from uh, a Vancouver private equity firm. And basically, they at the last minute, they tried to throw me over a barrel and uh, really, I want to say, kind of steal the company. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... I, my attitude was kind of like a boy scout, you know, I'm not going to let them do that. The guy, the bad guy should never win. So I, I resisted it, which was in hindsight, a mistake. I ended up having to unwind the business. You know, it went down. My 450 team members all lost their jobs with devastating impact to their families and and community. Um, And I personally lost $100 million. Oh, my gosh. um, Which ended up in a a divorce. And actually, one of my daughters attempted suicide twice. Oh, my gosh. She almost passed. So there was this horrific series of events that, actually in my, you know, for me lasted 12 years. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, you know, because we, I, I had so many, you know, so much asset value that right. know, the bankruptcy proceedings went forever because, because the attorneys could bill forever against $25 million and right. asked. So they did oh. anyway. So the, so all of this, I, uh, and and perhaps you can see why my part of my mantra. Yes, <laughs> is, yes. Try to uh, always look at the bright. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Yeah, uh, because this is a very that situation was very much a situation in which you know it it, it could have been uh, devastating and or you know uh, it ended you know in, in many different ways. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I I ended up taking that experience and uh, in interviewing 30 other entrepreneurs that made and lost between 10 and 200 million, correlated the risk factors and, and published a book. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed to, I've spoken in 25 countries, 75 cities around the world, wow. uh, delivering keynotes to CEOs and entrepreneurs and family businesses, uh, sharing what the risk factors are for these very successful people mm-hmm. and how they can mitigate the risk of, of being devastated. Wow. Well, you know, first and foremost, thank you for sharing an incredibly personal story. And what I really hold you up on a high platform after hearing this is that instead of just 
keeping this all to yourself, you went out there and put yourself in front of everybody like you are today. And you wrote a book to try to help people so this doesn't happen to others. I've had several friends who've lost businesses that they've spent a decade or more building in a very similar situation where venture capital groups or an investor comes in and then basically takes over their business and literally locks them out of their own business. And for some of us that have never dealt with that, we sit back and go, well, how can you let that happen? How could you ever see that coming? But you can't. So I know it's a very complex story, but if there's maybe one or two things you might share with our listeners today on a multiple level, maybe you don't have to be a millionaire, but you have spent your life building a business that you might offer somebody as a quick takeaway. And then I'm going to put a a post of how people can get their hands on your book, because I'm assuming that even if you're not a millionaire, you can learn some really valuable lessons from the book. Would you agree? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and the nice thing is because the the people that I interviewed, we recorded the interviews, they tell their stories about mm-hmm. how they made their money and how they, they lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very engaging because it's story based. It's not oh, okay. it's not a academic book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what's a, what's one or two maybe key takeaways that you could throw out in a condensed format for this podcast today that might help people? Sure, sure, sure. Actually, yeah. And actually, during the pandemic, uh, you can imagine that there's a, there's a lot of application here. Mm, yes. Uh, so so one is not being overly leveraged. Mm. Uh, so reduce debt reserve cash mm-hmm. and and by cash it it could actually mean have it in a safe <laughs> yeah, at yeah. home actual real cash um, yeah but, but yeah so so have cash um uh and you know reduce debt and just be aware that optimism over optimism mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not really looking at potential downside. So just being uber optimistic that that, if it's not kept in balance, is what generally leads to um, the the more catastrophic events. Was there a point in time early on when you were getting involved with these people that you had some feelings or that that gut feeling that you went something's not right but you ignored it because the upside seemed so positive you think about a company coming in or people coming in with cash and that's what you need when you're trying to build a business whether it's a small business or a giant business it's cash flow that's what everyone's suffering from right now with this pandemic is lack of cash flow was there a point in time where you had that sense at all? Well, so I, I have to say that they did a remarkable job covering their intent. Mm. However, having said that, I, we had five different private equity firms that were offering roughly the same deal. Mm-hmm. And we went with them because they said they could close in 30 days rather than 90 days. And so we just figured out, you know, 20 million is 20 million. So we might as well get it faster even though we knew that the founder was, he made his money by, by rating. destroying companies and raiding companies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so that really should have been the deciding factor right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know what, he's a, he's a bad actor. Let's stay away from him. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's go with the guys with the white hat. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to make sure that I put a link to your book because I think uh, I know now that having heard this story and listening to you, it's a, a great book for people to pick up and learn from on all different levels. And I just ask that question because most of the time in my life where I've encountered a bad situation, there started to be that gut feeling. Something's not quite yep, right here, absolutely. but but you really want what you want. And so you overlook it, you ignore right. it, you make excuses for it, and you keep pushing forward. And of course, it ends up biting you that's, in the end. That's the uber optimism, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, incredible story. And I'm so happy how you pulled out of that in a positive way, because boy, most people that would just be devastating. I'm so happy your family's safe and okay. Absolutely. Can't even imagine that. Well, let's take a short break. Now would be a good time to get our breath, and we'll be back in a minute to talk a little bit more about cars. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, we're back. And uh, Harry, I'd love for you to tell us a story that instigated this personal passion you have for cars is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy? Well, there there are definitely a few. Uh, one of them was uh, it was in Huntington, Long Island, New York. Um, I was in elementary school. There was a Concorde Elegance uh, going on, and I remember walking up and seeing a Duesenberg and a Packard for the first time in my life, and <laughs> oh, yeah. just my jaw dropped. I just thought they were the most beautiful, cool things that I had ever seen. And that's really, that's, you know, that's really uh, when, when my interest uh, peaked. Well, and you've been involved in so many Concours events as well. So now you've immersed yourself in, in all the biggies, I'm Amelia, Pebble, La Jolla, all these Concours events that attract the best of the best of the best cars. So uh, you just must be in hog heaven when you're involved in all these, these events. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Oh, how fun. Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle. The first car that you, perhaps a collector car that you finally got that you'd wanted for a long time that you went, you know what? I'm so stoked. I got it. Okay. Well, so this, this isn't, uh, probably the, the way you would think it would go. Um, so I started reading Hemmings when I was 11 years old. Oh, wow. And I would sit there and I read it cover to cover. Uh, so every month I would, you know, I would start, you know, perusing Hemmings and, and studying it actually. Mm -hmm. So by the time you can imagine, by the time I was 15 and, uh, I, it was this, we're now we're in Southern California. I, at 15 and a half, you're allowed to get a learner learner's permit. Yeah. And so I, I, I was ready to get my first car. So I, my focus was because when I was 11, I was small, I was smaller mm -hmm. in size. So I was focused on little cars. So I was literally micro cars. So oh, I wow. was focused on Isettas and Bantams and Austins and Messerschmitts, <laughs> um, the little, the little micro cars or Crosleys, et cetera. Yeah. So when I was 15, I bought my first car. It was a 1940 Bantam Coupe. Oh, wow. Right. Yes. And, and so, um, I, that was my, my first car. That was also my first show car. I actually, when I was 15, I, I went to the, they had the American Bantam club annual, uh, car show. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we trailered the car, my dad and I, uh, to, to the event. And I, you know, I, I showed it as a 15 year old, uh, a little collector. Oh my gosh. Those cars are so much fun because they look like a giant pedal car. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And 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 here, you know, you can imagine being a kind of more or less irresponsible 15-year-old, you know, <laughs> yeah. driving it down sidewalks. And, oh yeah. You know, through my around, you know, through the campus of my high school and and such because they're tiny, right? Tell us a little bit since you had one. When I look at those cars, my first question is they make you smile. But my my first question is why? Why do they make such a little tiny, like, what, who were they thinking about? What, what was the yeah. market? Who, who made these little tiny cars? Yeah. So they actually, they actually made quite a few of them. Uh, and the, the entire intent was to make an economical car. So here they were back in the 20s and 30s and then into the early 40s, they were making these, I mean, albeit small, yeah. <laughs> they, but they, they, they actually attained 40 plus miles per gallon. Well, there you go. Now they had every week, I've been going to Pebble Beach Car Week for 31 years now, and they have a micro car show during that week. Have you been to that? So um, they actually were, uh, they've shown them at the Concord, but I've not been to the, uh, I've not been to the, um, the micro car show out, outside of the Concord. Oh, no. you'll have to go because it's, it's really fun. Um, oh, sounds yeah, great. I think they call it the little car show. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, it's fun. It's on the city streets. It's free. And uh, it's fun to see the little kids walk up to it. But I do remember seeing micro cars on the lawn at Pebble. In fact, uh, I'm trying to remember the one that you probably know this better than me a few years ago that, that won the class that went over the, 
the stage there. And it's funny to see it with all these other giant cars like Duesenberg's right. and backwards and things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who brought the pedal car to the to the Pebble and, Beach and Concord? They're, they're styled very similar. Oh, they're beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, they're really yeah. cool. How fun is that? Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you. Maybe you've grown up by now, Harry. Uh, we'll see how you answer. <laughs> yes. We'll see a how little. you, a little bit. Yeah, we're all car kids at heart. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, actually manifest as a vehicle, what would Harry Clark be? So, yeah, that that's a great question. I, I would say a, uh, I mean, I'll be a little geeky here. Okay, but, that's fine. Um, so I would say like a 1938 Bentley four and a quarter drop head. So, oh, okay. So, so this is a car that's pretty big. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty big car and it's relatively sporty. And yet it has some elegance. Um, it's maybe a little antiquated in some respects, but loaded with fun. It's easy on the eyes. And uh, yeah, anyway, so sporting. Yeah. Well, beautiful cars. And of course, I've seen a bunch of those on the lawn at Pebble over the many years that I've gone. And to me, they're... I'm trying to figure out how I would describe this to somebody as far as my per- perception. They're not as big and giant grand as some of the big cars, but th- they do. And you may think this is funny. They have a little sense of that micro car feel to them in my way. They're they're lower cut, kind of lower the ground. Mm-hmm. Of course, Bentley, yep. more swoopy than a Rolls Royce, right? A little more sporting mm-hmm. and so forth. And the big rolling fenders. And those cars are so beautiful uh, with the flying B on the hood, if you will. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay. You're the first one of those on the show, too. So that makes you <laughs> unique and special. That uh, question brings out some very interesting answers, that's I'm for sure. sure. Yeah, I love it. All right, we are driving into the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that 38 Bentley four and a quarter drop head coupe. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes in your life? Discipline. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Very important. Which, by the way, wrestlers uh, generally are very disciplined. Oh, yeah. You have to be kind of waiting for that right moment to take a move. Right. Yeah. Just watching for that opponent's flaw and then diving in. How about if uh, I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be? That's a tough question. I would say Henry Ford. Yeah. You know, that is the most common answer for that question. And I I imagine why, I know why, just because of what he did. If you could ask Henry one question, what would it be? I would probably drill down into not the car side, but, you know, he was he was doing manufactured housing. Mm-hmm. He was building his entire community of his enterprise was an entire community. Yeah. And and so I, I would delve really into that kind of his social aspiration to better uh, humanity to some extent and um, the endeavors outside of the automobile. Right. Really incredible multifaceted gentleman for sure. And I remember watching a documentary about him years ago. And I think one of the questions I would ask him is, how did you overcome so many no's? Because you think of all the yeah. things he had to overcome to achieve what he achieved. 
because of, I mean, even the simplicity of there was no power for a, for a factory. He had to build his own power plant. And you stop and think, talk about thinking outside the box. It's just, yeah, dumbfounding. It's, it's Absolutely. incredible. I mean, he's an, he was an incredible entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. And I would love to bring him back today and have mm-hmm. him see where things are today. And especially looking at something like the Ford GT, like, hey, look at, look at what's going yeah. on now at Ford. <laughs> and, and that would and that would probably be Elon Musk, right? Definitely. There's another one for you, for sure. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? I, a mentor of mine years ago had told me in terms of have, starting a collection of cars to just like business, what's your strategy? What's your, what is it that you want to want it to look like? What's the vision for that? And, and do with that method or that result in mind mm, rather than yeah. just being opportunistic. I think it's a great advice for sure. How about a resource? Is there a go-to for you that you would like to share? Well, probably the most important would be classic promenade. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In Phoenix, we're, you know, as a, as a consignment and, and uh, for cars that we buy, I just want to toot our own horn. Well, you should. It. Absolutely. What's the website? Classicpromenade.com. And that's uh, classic. And then uh, promenade is P-R-O-M-N-A-D-E.com. ClassicPromenade.com. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Harry's show notes page. You can find it. Very easy to find out there. Just Google Classic Promenade and it'll pop right up. Now, you take cars on consignment there as well as cars that you buy and sell yourself. Is that right? Are they all consignment cars? That's correct, yes. Okay, both. No, uh, no, it's a mix, yeah. A mix, great, awesome. And we have uh, cars being shipped to us from all over. I mean, you know, many from Washington, Mm -hmm. Oregon, Connecticut, Canada, all through the Midwest. Very cool. And if I'm looking for a specific kinds of car, I could call you and say, hey, Harry, got any leads on this? Absolutely. You yeah, bet. You can help with that. How about a book? Uh, we're going to mention your book, of course. Is there another book that you'd like to share with us that you've read that you think is worth cracking open and reading? The most important book uh, from kind of a, in, in my opinion, from a business, but but also just from a Ma- just massive amounts of knowledge is thinking fast and slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by a Nobel laureate. It's extremely dense reading, but it's it's probably the most important uh, business book written for decades. Thinking fast and slow. I'll make sure I put a link to that and Harry's book on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Harry Clark, and that page will pop right up. There's also a great resource on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books under the resource tab where there's over 1,600 books listed there. You could fill a whole library with all the wonderful books my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have shared with us here on Cars Yeah. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Harry. This question, I think, might be a challenge for you, maybe not. I think all car people have thought of this before, but there's a couple rules to it that might make it a bit of a challenge. I like to say it's a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. You can't sell it, though, to fund anything or buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick is off the table. It's a driver. You've got to be able to drive it and enjoy it. No garage queens allowed here. Uh, But here's the hard part. It's the only one cool collector car you can park in your garage. So it's got to tick all the boxes, What's it going to be? Well, I would say a 
Bugatti Type 57 Cabriolet. So a okay. Type 57 drophead. Fantastic yeah. to drive. You've driven one. Yeah. Oh, I, I owned one. You own one? I showed it. Oh. Yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I've probably seen it there. What color was yours? More or less French blue, kind of a gray blue uh-huh. color. Yeah. Uh, Gangloff body. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, fantastic car yeah wow but now do you still have it or is it is it gone unfortunately when i when i got wiped out it it left but uh my intent is to buy it back or one very much like it they're just beautiful uh, in so many ways. And again, I, I see a trend with you here because they're a bit of, uh, and this may sound funny, but I call them kind of cartoon cars because they almost don't look real <laughs> because they're just so incredible. Uh, you know, yes. I yeah. mean, uh, the 39 Type 57C Cabriolet is another one. I mean, they're just, ah, they look like somebody with a cartoon creativity drew them out on a piece of paper with these big, round, voluptuous front fenders yes. and, and all of this. So they're wonderful to drive because a lot of times you hear about these kinds of cars and you think, oh, they're so gorgeous. And when you get in them to drive them, it's like, oh, this is terrible. But But that's nice, huh? Yes. So I've been on numerous tours and they are just absolutely fantastic in terms of a classic era car because they handle quite well Mm -hmm. and they perform well. So I've uh, they're just uh, just a a blast to drive. So did you say the year is at 38 or 39? Um, yeah, actually mine was a 34, but the, the later years are even better. Okay. So you'd like yours to be a 38? Yes. That okay. would be fantastic. I just want to get it right. Cause I don't want to show up on your doorstep no, with I'll the wrong take, car. I'll take, it. I <laughs> I'll take it. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, they're so elegant. They're so spectacular. Pre-war cars are Obviously, a treat that you love in your life. I hope as the next couple of decades go by, we find enough people who want to continue to be the caretakers of these. As, as uh, and I'll speak just for me, us old guys get old, and uh, we let these things go to the next caregivers uh, out there. But they're just works of art. I'm so happy when I talk to somebody who has had one and driven one and driven it and used it. So it's not a garage queen. You get to see it out there. And ah, uh, nice choice, my friend. Very, very nice. Well, Harry, I knew you'd take me. Out a great ride today and this has been really fun i want to thank you for sharing your life and your journey could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the desert sunset in that 38 type 57 i'll I'll refer back to what we talked about before just make sure in these times you find happiness each and every day yeah and it's easy to do If you're just grateful for what you have. That's right. That's the secret I've learned after talking with so many people on Cars Yeah. You just have to stop and be grateful. It could be something very small or something very special for yourself. But just think of what you're grateful for. For so many of us, just to be able to wake up in the morning is a moment of gratitude that should be cherished for sure. What's the best way for people, again, to follow along with Classic Promenade? Well, um, our website, uh, classicpromenade.com, and we have an email distribution that goes out regularly, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I would definitely sign up for that. Okay. And uh, obviously social media as well. Yeah, all all the normal. Instagram, uh, Facebook, all all that? Yes. Okay, great. 
I'll make sure I put links to those so you can follow along with the fantastic cars that Harry and his team there sell and offer. Um, you know, even if you can't partake in one of these, it's always fun to go to the site and look at what they have for sale. And Harry and his group there, they're always welcoming, I should say, if you have any questions about the vehicles and so forth. So check out Classic Promenade. Harry, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise for sharing your life with us today. It's been a delight. Until you and I talk again, which will probably be at a Concord event coming up this summer. We're going to be optimistic exactly. that they're going to happen. Car Week and all that. La Jolla Concord. I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, you want to have a little bit of fun? Go to YouTube, Covercraft Industries YouTube page, and you can see me doing a couple tips and tricks with Covercraft products and car care products. Or you can Google Covercraft Mark Green and watch the videos there. Check me out. Kind of fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.